But if, if you imagine like dropping a pebble in, in the middle of a lake and instead of like a little ripple, you're getting a tsunami. This thing is, is gathering force. So she, she has to go back and, and sort out this problem. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of A Little Bit of Everything with me. And I am your host, Angelica. This is the podcast that talks about a little bit of everything. So sit back and enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of A Little Bit of Everything with me. Today, my guest is an author of the book called Suspension. Welcome, Andrea, to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing fine, Angelica. Thank you so much for uh, having me on the show. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for your time. And I'm excited to dive into your journey as an author and also this book that you got called Suspension. So please introduce yourself to my listeners. Okay. Um, I actually live in Malta, which is uh, in the southernmost part of the Mediterranean. We're sort of between the bottom of Italy and North Africa. So I've been living here for many years. And um, my background is actually, I'm Welsh. I'm from Swansea in the United Kingdom, from Wales. And I um, accidentally, I suppose, really became a radio presenter back in the, the 1980s. And it was quite, I, I, it was quite an accidental thing. It was never my intention to work in radio, but I had a radio career which spanned 20 years. And that radio career uh, gave me lots of opportunities to meet lots of amazing people and also to, tra to travel. And I ended up coming to Malta in 1993 to pursue, a, to pursue a radio job, which didn't last very long, but I, it gave me a wonderful opportunity to become a features writer, um, which is something I've, I've always written. I like so many writers. I mean, it's a childhood thing. I've done it all my life as long as, as I as I can remember. And that was, I think, a bit of an epiphany in a way because I realised that I was really a writer and not a broadcaster. That that was, you know, it fed the soul. If you know what I mean, Angelica. It was something I just really enjoyed. And I've been working for like 26 years as a, as a freelance features writer. And I write about everything, <laughs> everything, you know. Um, and it was a great sort of uh, learning curve and a training ground to, to write a novel. Wow, that's fantastic. And I love hearing about different authors and their journeys. And I love to give them this platform that I have to help promote their book, but also get the audience, get to know behind the book, the author behind the book itself. But, you know, that's fascinating. Mm -hmm. Now let's get into this book suspension. What is it about? And what's, what do you want the listeners to know? Okay, well, the, first of all, the name of suspension, it's a play on words, okay, because um, it's based on the Clifton Suspension Bridge, which is this amazing piece of architecture uh, in Bristol in the United Kingdom. It, it, it crosses a gorge. And um, so the, the bridge itself was, was built in the 18th century and it was groundbreaking in its time from the, from the way it was designed. It was nothing like it had ever been made before. And so it's a suspension bridge by name, but also the play on words becomes from the fact that it's also in my story, it's a portal. And my book is a time travel fantasy. 
And so basically the, the name has got a double meaning. If you So my character, my main protagonist, who's a very reluctant heroine, she it finds herself basically suspended between two worlds. And so she uses the, the bridge, which is something, a place that she's always loved um, from her childhood. Um, it's a place that, that becomes the portal where she can help people. There are people that come to her in sort of like um, they, they've had an, an unusual deaths and their stories aren't finished. So she she has to help them finish their story so they can pass into their version of heaven, whatever that is. Um, so when you ask me about that's that's a very simple sort of you know, synopsis of what what is happening. But actually, like what I've also done is I've taken historical um, characters. Uh, Isambard Brunel is in the story. Now, he is the man who built the bridge. Isambard Brunel was, was a, a genius, okay? Uh, he, he built so many iconic structures in the United Kingdom. He was French in origin from, from, from his family. That's, that's why he's got such an unusual name. Um, but probably his biggest um, attribute or, or, or achievement was a tunnel which crossed under the River Thames in London. And this basically in its time was the first ever underground shopping mall <laughs> but um it was built by irish laborers irish navvies and they worked in the most terrible conditions and um and many of them actually died in in the, in the building of this tunnel and isambard himself almost died so i took that historical fact um, and i wove that into the story and so in a way it's, it's, it's obviously it's a fantasy it's a time travel but there are real people in there as well Wow, that's so cool how you're able to take characters that are very historic. Mm -hmm. And I do love that name suspension. I went to school for architecture. So when you're talking about suspension bridges and everything, I'm like, wow, it's like going back to school, refreshing my memory because it's been like 11 years now. <laughs> but, you okay. know, that's fascinating. And when it came to writing this book, did you ever feel like you wanted to give up? Because I could imagine it takes a lot of work to create a book and, uh, and prevent writer's block, which it tends to happen a lot. But have you ever gone through those challenges? Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, as I said, you worked as a, as a features writer. I mean, when you write a, a magazine feature or a newspaper feature, obviously it's relatively short, but you've got, you know, you've got your beginning, you've got your middle and you've got your end. And so you, you have to sort of draw it all to a conclusion. Writing a book is a completely different type of stamina. And, and I think that I, I've started to write lots of stories. I've got, I've got a the box under the bed from being a little girl, which my mother still has, which became a computer file. And I've got lots of unwritten, unfinished stories. I wouldn't say unwritten, they're, they're semi, semi-completed. Wow. Some which I plan to finish, short stories, children's stories, everything. And so, but to, to, to finish a novel, I mean, it was just that when I saw the, the idea for suspension came to me, it was so, I saw it in its entirety, if you, if you, got, if you get me. I sort of, I saw that the, the middle, the beginning and the end, and I just needed to just flesh it out. It's also very interesting because I, I have to tell you, Angelica, I didn't really see it as a book. I wanted to write it as a script because it's very cinematic. And uh, wow. I had, having no idea whatsoever how, how to write a script, I, I wrote it as a novel. And so that's how it came about. And, and when I used to fly into the UK to visit my family, I would pass under this bridge, um, whether it was nighttime or daytime. It, it, you know, it was such an amazing piece of architecture, you know, that I, I was always mesmerised by it. And then when I started to research about it, I also knew the BBC Film Studios were not far away. I also knew then that Isambard Brunel had built it and he was so charismatic. He was a real rock star in his time, you know, and so... It was just a great combination of the right location, the right people, um, and the right sort of um, 
story that all came together. And so I found it, I, I was able to finish it because it just took on its own momentum. But there were points in the story where I, I became blocked. And, and anybody that's ever tried to write, I think the thing will identify, they call, you know, obviously the writer's block. And I just learned, I've got a technique, I don't beat myself up about it. If I can't get something right, I'll just say, well, I'll move on. And I'll write another part and I'll come back to that. I'll give you an example in the, um, the book because my character, actually, she's, she's actually died. and She doesn't realize that she's dead. OK. Um, mm -hmm. And she actually attends her own funeral, funeral, sorry, and also her own autopsy. But we'll, we'll go to the funeral because this was interesting. And when I actually wrote the funeral scene, I was really, really unhappy. With it. And I ended up rewriting it over a period of about two, three weeks about four times and it was really wow. funny because when the book actually went eventually to the publisher echo the lovely echo garrett she came back to me and she said i really love the funeral scene and i thought i sweated blood over that you know but <laughs> i rewrote it and i rewrote it and i rewrote it until i was happy with it and so that's what you know that's for me that it does present a lot of challenges and and, and the number of times that my finger hovered over the delete button when I was writing it. I think that's a load of rubbish, you know what I mean? Um, but I just I just shelved it, put it to one side and then come back to it a couple of weeks later and just stuck at it. My main motive really or, or behind it was I wanted to finish the book. I never even thought about publishing it, to be honest, initially. It was just to finish the book, to say, I have written a book, finally, you know? And um, and then I just got lucky and I got a, I got a deal and um, the rest, as they say, is history. And here we are. Oh, my gosh, that's crazy. And, you know, I love how you mentioned how you had to go visit the bridge and kind of just do that research. And it feels like from what you're telling me, my understanding is that that bridge gave you that energy, gave you that motive just to keep going. And, you know, you you. you we're able to gather ideas to create this book. Yes, very much so. It's, it's very inspiring when you look up at it. And uh, I've never actually crossed over it. I, I've, I've, mm. you know, I've looked on the internet. I've seen drone images. Yeah. Uh, I've never actually walked across it. But it, every time I flew into the, the, the local airport and I looked mm. up at this structure, I just it took my breath away. And I thought, this is a story waiting to be written. And so that's how it came about. But as I said to you, it was very much envisaged originally as, as a script. That was my plan, um, but I didn't know how to write one. I, I would love to see it on the small screen or the big screen yeah. because it lends itself to that. It yeah. lends, definitely lends itself to that. Is there plans in the future for that? I'm pretty sure there is, isn't it? <laughs> well, hopefully that's in the hands of, of the publishers, but I'm hoping that, you know, that, it, that that would happen. And I'm also working on the sequel to it because wow. it's part of the Time Binder series. Mm -hmm. And uh, so there's a sequel coming up, which I'm hoping to finish by the end of this summer. And um, we're looking at a spring publication on that then. And um, I'm going to ask you, to, 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 do you know what a Time Binder is? Have you ever heard that phrase? No. Okay. And then most people haven't because to be honest, I was looking for something original again for the name of the series. Mm -hmm. And I stumbled upon this phrase, time binders. And basically we're all time binders. Um, uh, for example, this is why we are no longer living in caves. Animals stay where they are. They evolve slowly. But humans, mankind has sort of, we've, we've evolved in a different way and we've learned from each, from each other. And if you take, for example, the, uh, Egyptians what did they give us they gave us obviously the pyramids they gave us hieroglyphics writing they gave us astrology they gave us medicine we look at the Romans they gave us drainage they gave us great roads you know you can go on and on about different civilizations so we've learned from these these civilizations and that is called time binding okay 
So that's how that name came about. Now, what's happening is that in particularly the second book now is that somebody's time binding. He's altering time and he's doing it for his own benefit, which you're not supposed to do, obviously. So this is where now the story story really starts to get interesting, um, because in the first book, the one that's just come out now, it's introducing Carla, who's the main protagonist, and, uh, and she doesn't want to take on this role. And then the second story really, really goes to town, and she's just traveling everywhere trying to sort out this situation that's 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 going on that this person and she can't find out who it is but if, if you imagine like dropping a pebble in in the middle of a lake and instead of like a little ripple you're getting a tsunami this thing is, is gathering force so she she has to go back and and sort out this problem so that's the concept behind uh, the time binder series and suspension is the first book in that series. I'm not sure whether there's going to be a third book. The way things are looking now, Angelica, it looks like there's going to be a third book in the series as well, because I'm not going to get it all into the second book. Wow, this is so cool. I love hearing the success and the ideas from authors, because I feel like you can, a lot of authors can really just pick from different things. And it's like you got a ton of ideas flowing in your mind. Yeah, I think we, I think anybody that's creative has got to be a little bit you know, think outside the box, a little bit mad. That's part of the, you know, that's part of the, the creative persona, and I certainly am. Uh, and my mind does work in, in unusual ways, and 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 I think anybody listening to this who does write, who aspires to write, you know, we observe people. Uh, we we observe things, and so many of my characters are actually they're based on real people, but aspects of them are based on real people. And um, and I'm constantly. Um, for example, just the other day, I was in a cafe, and I, this woman was smoking a cigarette, which you don't see very often these days. But she was just she was quite a beautiful woman, and she was like blowing the smoke very elegantly up into into space above her. And and I thought, and I, I'm going to take that mannerism. I'm definitely going to put that into one of my characters in uh, wow. in the forthcoming the new book. And then, for example, even some of the characters. There's a character in the book called Matilda, and she's of J- Jamaican origin. And she had this very loud uh, sort of laugh and very, very colorful, powerful persona. Now, she's based on a friend of mine who's actually an international lawyer. You no know? way. So it's, it's different where you, you take your inspirations. Yeah, it works like that. Her mind's work like that. And so anybody is creative. I, I, it could be the same, I guess, with art. I don't know. But you look at things, you hear things. I, I carry a notebook. And, and that's how it works for me. And it's, it's lovely. <laughs> I enjoy it so much. That's See, I love this because, again, like the <laughs> examples you've given, I'm blown away mm-hmm. by it, how, how your mind functions when it comes to uh, finding characters and finding ideas. That's pretty remarkable because I didn't even think of that. I'm a creative person, but <laughs> I'm more digital. And I'm just like, you know, yeah. that's very smart. Like you analyze people and <laughs> you observe them which is pretty yes, cool because yeah. you pick up ideas as characters and that's I you know that's really awesome I've never heard that from any author you're probably the first one out <laughs> of the 20 authors I've interviewed in the past three years that I'm just like you know that's pretty smart yeah. I feel like I should start doing that too <laughs> yeah it's inspirations all around you in fact my yeah. I have to laugh my mother has just read the book my mother's mm-hmm. 88 bless her you know Aww. and she's like Andrea I never realized you're so mad. Where did your ideas come from? You know, and I don't know. It's just, it's just. Um, but I also believe when I finished the book, and, and then and sort of I got the deal, you know, and and um, it gave me a lot of confidence. It sort of unlocked a door, you know, to sort of because everybody's wrapped by self doubt when they write. Everybody is. Mm-hmm. It's just something that that's part of the process. You've got, you've got a, you know, it's a Pandora's box of of all these sort of emotions that you've got to deal with. Self doubt. Am I good enough? I'm not a great speller. 
for example, I can't spell. Well, and my, 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 I feel sorry for the people that have to proofread my manuscripts because I'm a mm-hmm. terrible proofreader. Mm-hmm. Um, but the creativity is there, you know, and, and so, mm-hmm. um, and so, and it's obviously something that I've been writing a long time that that's got better. The more you do it, it, it gets better. And I also would recommend to anybody that wants to write is read good literature, read well-written books, mm-hmm. you know, because they make a big difference as well. You learn, you learn a lot from reading good, good, good books, books that are, you know, are they people that really hone their craft. You learn yeah. so much. That's what I did anyway. I read profusely as a child, I think. Not so much now because I haven't got time, but um, it was definitely, you know, I think I must have read most of the local library when I was a youngster. You know? Oh, wow. Yeah, no, that's great. And I grew up without re- reading much because I have a learning disability. So I've always lacked in confidence when it came to reading. And then my mind doesn't go into that pictorial image, myself being yeah. very creative and design and everything. It shocks me that when I read a book, um, I can't picture what the characters are saying. It's like me listening to you and you explaining the book. Like I can picture the suspense and bridge. I can picture the, the historian, like I can picture that. But when it comes to reading, I don't know if it's my short attention span when it comes to reading. I, unfortunately I can't enjoy the book because I'm not mm-hmm. picturing it the way I want it to. So yeah. I, I'm, it's, but you have different talents. You know, you have the design yeah. ability. So that's where obviously the, the, your, your strengths lie. So we're all different. I mean, I can't, I can't, I can't draw. I mean, I mm-hmm. wish I could. I just paint with words. That's what mm-hmm. I do. I yeah. Like to yeah. Cause I've been wanting to write a book for the past, probably like, I don't know, I've been saying it for three years now and I'm just like, I don't even know where to begin. Right. And everyone's telling me different things like, you know, write five minutes a day and then you end up getting a chapter by the end of like three weeks or so, whatever. And I'm just like, I don't think I could do that, but I'm going to attempt to it and see if I can do it. But again, like I, I love how your mind really takes what you observe and analyzed and seen and put it into paper, which is fascinating. It gets easier. Train your mind as well. The more you do it, you know, it gets easier. I've been doing, I've been writing a long time. So, um, and as I said, you were working as a features writer against deadlines. Yeah. Sometimes it was a good training ground, you know, mm. um, it was and actually to write a novel is it, it, you just, it's just chapters at the end of the day, you break yeah. it down, you know, and, um, and I've never attended any workshops or anything like that. It's just, it's just come from, from me, but as I said, good reading helps. It also can be very intimidating when you think, oh, crikey, this is so well written, but you, you must never lose hope. You just got to keep at it. The more you read, the more you try, the more, the more... let me, I, I use this analogy, Angelica, imagine um, a piece of clay, okay? You've got this, mm-hmm. this piece of clay, potter's clay, and, and you sort of you throw it down on the wheel, then you slowly work it into something and you work it and you rework it and you work it. And that's how I view my writing. Sometimes it depends on how my energy levels are. Um, I usually start in the morning, Mm. And I, I don't write every day. I'm completely disorganized. But um, I sort of, I start if, in the morning, I get a warm up. It's like going to the gym. And I mm. maybe just read through something I've read the day before and I correct it and rework it and change the words around. And I find that very relaxing. That sort of gets the, the, the brain working. And then I think, okay, now I've got to have to put down some new text here. That can be quite exhausting, I find, you, you know, that, that piece of rough clay. So I try to put, when I write, I tend to try... I always aim for a thousand words a day. I fall short, all right. But mm-hmm. if I can get five hundred words, six hundred words done of new text, and then I rework them the day before, and it's and it's it's and that's how, that's my little. If I had a method, that's my method, and it works for me. You know, when the muse decides to show up, 
sometimes she goes shopping or she's out singing karaoke, you know, but when the muse decides to show up and give me a bit of inspiration, then then I, I get that text out, out there. And, um, and I find it a very enjoyable, very sort of um, relaxing experience, but it can be quite tiring. As I think my brain is like a battery and that's why I'm a morning writer. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like, I find I have more energy and I'm more creative in the morning. It's like the battery wears down by the afternoon. <laughs> yeah, I think that's everybody sometimes, depending if we're the early birds and we're up. And I, I have that same problem. Like after three o'clock, I'm like, I'm completely yeah, done. Yeah. And you're trying to figure out, okay, I have two hours left of work. What am what am I gonna do to keep going? That's <laughs> <laughs> true. That's true. Yeah. Andrea, what could you suggest or give advice to those who are either starting a book? I know you've mentioned a little bit, but even to those who are kind of like stuck and they're thinking of destroying the book or rewriting it, or just they're at that point where how do I continue? What advice could you give those people? Um, well, I would just say never give up. I never, never, never press that delete button because even if you read it back in, in a year's time and think well, it really is rubbish, but it's part of your learning curve. Um, and also just because, I mean, there were times that I actually thought suspension was absolutely awful. I was cringing as it was going out to its first reviews and it's come back with really good industry reviews. But I was, you know, it's just to believe in yourself. And uh, and also, it's I, I get such pleasure from writing that it was almost, creating the book was almost secondary in a way. It was just a creative process. I mean, some of the things I've had to write about, I've even written about toilets one time. I wrote an article on toilets. Can you believe it? It was pleasurable to write because <laughs> I, I was using the words. Yeah. So I would, my suggestion to anybody is just just keep at it read good books and and just you know if you if you can um if you if you get blocked then just move on to something else you might go to another part of the story it happens to me a lot it happened to me with what I'm working on now and I couldn't see one how I was going to link one part of the story with another part of the story and then it came to me two days ago and it's brilliant it's such a clever twist it took me about a couple of months to get that link you know because I knew I had to there was one part that needed to link and then it came to me. And uh, so inspiration sometimes takes its time, you know, to, to come along. So you mustn't lose heart. That's what I would say to anybody. Um, and keep at it. And don't be. And also something else, Angelica, it's very important, is when you have friends, I mean, real trusted friends that wish you well, but will tell you the truth. Let them read what you've written. It can be terribly painful to do that. Um, uh, but let them do that because that can be incredibly uh, helpful as well. I remember actually some years ago, I, I started writing a, a book about a, a serial killer and, and it's a really good story. And one day I, I hope I will finish it. And then uh, anyway, I, I gave it out to this friend and, and she ripped it apart. But I actually realized that she was quite jealous, you know, and, and it was and, it, it, and I actually stopped writing the book. I, I put it to one side and I just forgot about it. But since then, I've, I've been very selective about the people I let read my work. But there, I have some very good friends who have encouraged me when, when you know, the, the going got tough and I was despondent uh, and then read and said, well, you know what? That's a, that could be a little bit tighter. Or I'm not quite com- I'm confused about who's actually talking here. I mean, I know they mean well. So that can be a great help as well. But it has to be people that just don't tell you it's great for the sake of telling you it's great. They've got to tell you the truth. And construct, constructive criticism uh, can sometimes be painful to hear. But if it's come from the heart, then it's worth its weight in gold. You're absolutely right. And I agree with you where you have to accept that criticism. And because this is you're putting your book out there to the world and people will love it or people will not like it. And it's probably not for them. And, you know, I I love when you say that because I want people to realize that we need to accept constructive criticism. We need to accept that because 
we develop and we grow from it, but also not everybody is going to love the book. It's same with podcasting. Not everyone's going to love my podcast. Not everyone's going to enjoy what's on there, but there is a certain percentage that, that does enjoy listening. So, you know, I have to learn to accept the criticism and, you know, it's, it's, it's a way for me to grow and kind of just say, well, thank you to those who have been supportive of me. Exactly. Exactly. I think very much as well, podcasts are a growing platform. People are listening to them more and more. I've become much more aware of them myself, you know, so, and it's great to have, you know, that, that the, the opportunities like this to talk about projects like this, but obviously there are many other subjects out there as well. So, yeah, I, I, mean, I do think the criticism can be painful, but you know, if you learn from it and you grow from it, then, then it's worth it. So, but it, more than anything, it's just not losing heart, you know, and just believing in yourself. And sometimes if something's really difficult, like I told you the funeral scene, it was really difficult. I was really unhappy with it. And I must have, it was about four times I rewrote it and I got it right in the end. And, uh, and then I was happy. I mean, I only, I only actually did one rewrite on suspension because I was a little bit up against the clock and I was working about three different jobs at the time. And uh, I, I probably would have liked to have rewritten it a bit more, but I didn't have time. So I literally did. I wrote it. I submitted it because actually when I got the deal, I hadn't actually finished writing it. I told him a bit of a fib you know, that it wasn't quite ready. <laughs> and oh, so wow. I had to do them the last the last two chapters. You know, I knew the story. I had to get it down. And then I, I had to rewrite it and, and flesh it out a bit, you know. Um, and uh, yeah, but they were they were Lucid House were just so supportive as, as publishers. They've been absolutely amazing. I've been very, very lucky are doing to help you be successful and yeah ha- have you they're great have you ever even tried self-publishing or you just went into publishing <laughs> this is quite funny actually because um uh, you know everybody and no I had actually I sent it off to the you know, the usual ones you know the, the big the big guys you know in the UK and just got thank you but no thanks you know I think I must have yeah. sent it off to 13 you know it's like a it's like a needle in a haystack the chance yeah. of you actually getting a deal especially an unknown writer and then I was I, I live in Malta but I'm also my, my daughter's in Sicily she's got like a ranch up there with horses and stuff so I, I spend a lot of time between the two islands. Um, they're literally half an hour away from each other. So I was up in Sicily and I've got some friends up there. There's a lot of Americans and British people have actually bought second homes or retired there. Sicily's a beautiful island. And uh, so I was at this lady's lunch and uh, <laughs> in Sicily. And it was my friend Isabel, she's Scottish. And then there was her neighbor, a lovely lady, lady called Marcia, who is from Atlanta. And she'd retired to Sicily with her husband, bought a beautiful property over there. And so we had this ladies' lunch and a few glasses of wine were drunk, as inevitably they are, you know, whatever. And they're sitting in the sunshine. And then Isabel just turned around and said, Andrea's a writer. And, and she said, oh, OK. And, so, and she asked about the book and she said, it sounds amazing. And then she said, my friend's got a publishing company. And I was thinking, oh, I, I, you know, nothing. Fair enough. You know, the next day I got I got a, um, a, a telephone call from the publishing company asking to see what I'd written. And so I actually oh sent over, I think I'd done about eight or seven. I had two chapters still to actually get down. So I sent them over what I what I'd um, written, thinking, oh, they're going to reject it. But they didn't. They loved it. And uh, and that's how it all came about. And it's, you know, it was just my luck. I was just lucky. The right place, met the right person, the right place, right time, you know. And uh and I haven't looked back since. So now I'm, they've been very supportive. I'm working on the second book. And I'm, I'm also working on another book, which is called Chemo Club as well, which is something entirely different. Chances of that <laughs> happening is I know, very I know. <laughs> slim. But it, it feels yeah. like the universe has placed you in a position at that moment for you mm-hmm. to make it's things hard, happen. You know. <laughs> 
It had been a tough few years, Angelica. You know, I've been through I've been through an awful lot. I had I got diagnosed with breast cancer in 2019, and I literally was finishing off. Um, I'd been operated, and you know, I was going through the therapy and stuff. And I literally finished off the last two chapters of of that novel, sitting on my bed, you know, recovering from surgery. And it was a tr- it, it kept me going, you know. Wow. And that's that's also inspired Chemo Club because Chemo Club is a book about cancer. But it's not about cancer. It's not a memoir. It's about the people I met on my journey to recovery. And I think it's an important book to write. Uh, and there's, they're all fictional characters, again, based on real people. And um, and I found it very cathartic to write it. And so as soon as I finish the time binder, I'm going to finish. I'm halfway through Chemo Club. It's just that I've been asked to prioritize the sequel to this book, um, which was fair enough. It's a fantasy. People want the second story. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to finish Chemo Club, which, as I said, then is it's a it's, it's quite beautiful in, in its own way. Um, um, suspension is very much, it's, it's a bit of a roller coaster. A coaster. It's a fast paced, um, it's got its own dynamic, you know, whereas my um, chemo club is, it's about nuances. It's about feelings and, and, and things like that. It's a completely different, I want to say style of writing, but it's a different pace to the book. You know, it's about emotions and hope and love and acceptance, you know, different feelings altogether. Wow. It's again, I'm, I'm, I don't even know. I'm lost for words because anybody going through cancer or any sickness, it's just mm-hmm. like, it's painful. And you were able to continue writing and being continue to yeah. be motivated to do that. So that's incredible. And Definitely, I hope it inspires yeah. other people in that situation to kind of pick something up, not just write a book, maybe a little blog, a page every day or something, of yeah, what you're going sure. through and, you know, make those connections and Wow, I'm I'm blown away, and I'm glad that motivated you to keep writing. Mm-hmm. I was just very lucky. It was, it was, it was very yeah, to give me a lot of motivation. It gave me, I sort of I didn't have to have excuses for writing, or I should be doing yeah. this, I should be doing that. I thought no, I'm 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 recovering. I'm going to finish this book, and then I got the deal, and then the universe wow. obviously shone its light on me, and, and my luck changed, and 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 everything's been wonderful since then. Wow. It really has. It's that positivity. You just kept going. You just wanted to write and. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like yeah. it, and I'm, it. Sorry, go ahead. No, it's okay. Sorry, I interrupted you. Just, just uh, sorry. Carry on, Angelica. I was just saying. <laughs> uh, I just, I'm, <laughs> I'm blown away by it with that positivity. You, that is definitely traumatic, and then the universe placed you at that moment because you deserve yeah. it. You deserve the success. You deserve the happiness. You deserve to to put yourself out there with your books. Yeah. Well, so, well, yeah, I mean, it, it was just everything I wished for. I thought, well, it's, it's, for me, I just wanted to, from as long as I remember, I wanted to be a writer. I just, you yeah. know, it took a long time and I did work as a writer, but I wanted to, to write a book. And so, and I said, it was a personal, it was a personal sort of fulfillment, you know, ambition fulfilled. And then the publishing was just the icing on the cake, really, mm-hmm. you know, for yeah. me. And what's next for Andrea? What do you have planned in the future? Because I know you mentioned you've started stories that you want to finish. What's next for you? Well, Time Binder, now that's the second book. It's a Time Binder series. I, I'm really, I need to, to finish this story. And, I, and it is, it's 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 a lot more cinematic even than the first book. She's black and four in time. I need to finish that book. So I'm on a deadline for that. Um, and then I want to finish Chemo Club. I feel it's a very important book that needs to be written. And even my, you know, my oncologist and my surgeon, it's, it's about the emotions that people, you know, marriages and things my partner left me in the, in the middle of my surgery you know the, the oh, weeks after man. my surgery couldn't deal with with the with the illness it's no big deal you know yeah. actually I've got I'm, I've met somebody new and I have a wonderful person in my life now mm-hmm. who wants the responsibility of being with somebody with this illness mm-hmm. you know but it's 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 uh so it's an important book to write um and I feel that that 
I wouldn't say it's going to be my life's work, but I, I feel it's very important for me to, to, for me to write that book and finish it. And I'm, like I said, I'm halfway through. I'm just prioritizing finishing the sequel. And then we'll see how it's received, how it does, and, and, and how if people want a third book, then I will write the third book as well, because there is enough there for a third book as well. Um, I've got loads of ideas, loads of ideas. It's just, uh, I, don't, I don't want to share them in case somebody else steals them. <laughs> oh, no, I definitely agree. You, you you're know? just busy That's, all around and you just want to yeah you know plan accordingly for all the other things you want to do yeah I've got lots but my, my plan is to work now is to give myself permission to work full-time as a writer that's what I'm doing now um I still take occasional writing commissions off magazines and stuff you know just to bring a bit of cash in now and again but I mean mostly it's just uh, I'm working on the books now and and I, I love it. My working day is usually nine to one, though sometimes it all life always seems to get in between me and the keyboard. You know, <laughs> it'd be like, I know, don't mm-hmm. wake me between nine and one, put off the phone. But, you know, your girlfriend rings you up once a chat or, you know, there's this problem or that problem. And so I try as much as possible Monday to Friday to work nine to one if I can. Um, but sometimes you've got to be quite disciplined with yourself and also the people around you to 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 fulfill that, you know, but um yeah that's the plan it's just to carry on um and I think by the time I finish chemo club I will definitely have I'd like to be a case of finishing I'd like to finish this serial story serial killer story I think because I wrote a lot about that um and then I got a couple of other ideas floating around so I'm fascinated there's this historical character the first ever female marine royal marine you know Mm. and um She's from the 16th century. And that's an incredible life. Yeah. This woman, Hannah Schnell, her name was. And she disguised herself as a man. Wow. And when I've been reading her life story, I thought, this is a character I'd like to write about, you know. But, you know, when you're writing about the 16th century England, yeah, that's a lot of research. Even now, with a second book, you know, she's going back to medieval Germany. She's she's here. She's going into the future. You've got to you've got to check things like even like things like the clothing that they would be wearing in medieval Germany, because you, you can. You can bet your bottom penny that somebody will pick up on it, that, it, that it's not correct. You know, so mm-hmm. there's a lot of research as well that you need to do when you're when you're dealing with with history. So um, but the, my I, I must say one other thing as well. My baddie, the bad guy, the antagonist in the um, sequel, he actually is a real person. His He was Father Conrad of, Mal, of Marlburg and he was the first papal inquisitor. This is the man that burnt thousands of people at, at the stake for witchcraft. Wow. Um, until he was actually killed himself. And so I've taken him and I've created him. Uh, I've, I've woven the story around him and he's a really bad baddie. You know, <laughs> so, and uh, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. My mind, I've got so much going on right now. I just need to finish what the first, these two projects I've got, you know, the book, the book that I'm writing at the moment and then, and then Chemo Club. And then beyond that, we'll see. That's amazing. And what is your biggest goal in life as a writer? I think I already got it. I mean, yeah. my soul is five stars. I, I was delighted, you know. Um, I've had some really good reviews on Goodreads, on Amazon, and and they were from industry reviewers. And I was just, you know, humbled to think that. Yeah. So I think that I'm I'm just happy with that to, to have got that acknowledgement. I mean, if the book does sell well, I'd I'd like you know to do. Obviously, that would give me a great deal of pleasure. But I mean, a lot of people ask me what can they take from the book the book is has so many different sort of layers to it you think of an onion you know you peel an onion and the other people have said about it so some people might just see it as a straight adventure story but it, it talks about you know spiritual beliefs the meaning of life um life after death so i mean it makes you think a little bit you know and um and so if it gives pleasure and, and you know fills an afternoon or for somebody on a rainy afternoon then um, i'm happy with that 
For sure. Definitely. Oh my gosh, Andrea, I've enjoyed this conversation (laughs) and your journey through writing and your books and how you are as an author. And it's really fascinating. I appreciate you sharing all of this, but where can the listeners find you? Okay. Well, I have my uh, webpage, which is Mm andreafaychristians.com. I've got a blog there. I'm not, I don't write it that often, but there's all the media stuff that's gone on there. Various interviews I've done. And there's, there's, I talk about how I I write, the story behind time, time minder. There's a story about my life as well. And, uh, and uh, so it's something that I'd like to sort of keep going so people can engage with me. I'm also on Facebook. I'm just Andrea Faye Christians. Uh, that's it right now. Instagram, I'm just, I'm really not, I'm a bit of a technophobe. I'm, I'm not very good at these things. So I have to get to grips with Instagram and Twitter, but that's in, in sort of in the running. And I haven't done that yet, you know? So mm-hmm. so it's Facebook and it's my my webpage, andreafaychristians.com. Perfect. Well, everything is going to be in the show notes for my audience. Thank you again, Andrew, for your time. And that's all we have for now. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. I'm Anthony. And I'm Jessica with the Beautiful Feet Podcast. Hey, it's your boy, Bromar, host of The Bromar Show. Hello, everyone. It's the Coupon Queen Pin from the CQP Moments Podcast. What's up, everybody? This is your boy, Ken, a.k.a. The Gentleman of the Gentleman Lifestyle Podcast. Hi, this is Stephanie Valente, your local massage therapist. And, and you're you listening, are to you listening to, to a little, little bit of everything, everything with, with Angelica. Angelica. That's it for now. And thank you for tuning in on another episode of A Little Bit of Everything with me. 